Nestled into the shore of the St. Mary's River is Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan. Commonly referred to as the Sioux, it is the most northeastern part of the Upper Peninsula. While it is generally known for being the home of the Sioux Locks and Lake Superior State University, it's also gaining notoriety for hosting the Sioux Film Festival. For this episode of the podcast, I sat down with Mr. Jason Markstrom, who is the president of the Sioux Film Festival. As always, we have a lot to talk about. So without further ado, let's chat it up. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 8. I can't believe we are 8 episodes into the Chatted Up podcast. I am currently in Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan, and I am sitting here with Mr. Jason Markstrom. Jason, thank you for coming on the podcast today. Thank you for having me on. You have the distinction of being the first person on the podcast who I had never met prior to to coming on the podcast so this is actually the first time you and i are actually sitting down and talking we've never met each other before so that's kind of interesting um for me just because i at least have had some prior knowledge of of who i've been talking to or chatting with um up to this point so I'll just kind of jump right in. You're kind of a mystery. I, you know, I tried to look and find some stuff on the internet about, like, you know, you and what you do. And obviously there was some stuff there, but I was able to find that you were born in 1975 in Kinchlow. Is that correct? Correct. Okay. So for th- those listening in who may not be aware, where is that? Uh, it's about 20 miles south of here. You drove by it. Well, yeah. you, you drive by it on I-75. Sure. But that's where the Air Force Base was. I was actually born on the base. Yeah. Okay. So that's the interesting thing. There's some interesting history there because of the Sioux Locks, really, right? That was the Air Force Base that really, I think it was built because of World War II. They, they, at least from the the information I was able to find, is that the, the base played a key role in... They wanted to keep the Sioux lock safe, yeah. at least to start World yeah. War II. And then as the Cold War kind of moved on, they, they kept it going, I think, until the mid-70s. Um, did you grow up on base? No. No, you just grew up in the area? Yeah. Okay, so what was it like for you growing up on the east end of the UP? Uh, the UP's a long way from everywhere. It is. So that's that's only way... You stumped me. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was good. Um, you know, going to school. Um, yeah, we've got family downstate, so we'd make regular trips down there. Okay. So um, what did most of your, like, childhood consist, consist of on the East End? I mean, like, a lot of, like, playing outside or, like, hunting, fishing, like, getting into that kind of stuff? Yeah, a lot, a lot of playing of... outside, riding bikes. Okay. You know, back in the day, we, we could still sure. play guns. And okay. All the kids from the neighborhood getting together. Sure. So were you routinely, like, coming to the Sioux or going to, like, St. Agnes, or were you kind of just located? Just in the Sioux, pretty okay. much. Just pretty much close to the Sioux. Now, did you go to high school here in the Sioux? or yes. one? Okay. Because there's a lot of small towns and small schools kind of in between you know, there's your detours and your Cedarvilles and all of that kind of in between. So I just wanted to clarify that. Um, 
it's it's interesting. I'm I'm super glad that you called, or I shouldn't say called, that you contacted me about the um, what we're going to be talking about today because um, I was it was very serendipitous for me because I was looking for something to bring me to the east end of the UP. Um, with this podcast, I want to make sure that I'm covering all ends of the UP, and it's easy to kind of focus on just the central UP, just because it seems like you know, with Marquette being right there, that's kind of the hub. There's a lot right. going on. Um, you know, the the East End doesn't get a lot of love a lot of time. I feel like a lot of time, maybe you guys kind of associate more with the Lower Peninsula or you know, south of the bridge than you necessarily would like the rest of the Upper Peninsula. Do do you find that to be true? A little bit, yeah. There's yeah. A, I don't know if a complex is quite the word, but there's a little bit of a feeling. That, and I, don't, I don't know if ignored's the right word, but I, I know Marquette being the, the bigger area, it's right. more of a destination than necessarily here. Sure. Even though the locks are quite the draw. And, yeah, and the university. Yeah. Um, for sure. Um, so when you graduated high school, what year did you graduate? 93. 93, okay. So when you graduated, you headed to Northern Michigan University, correct? Correct. So you headed over to Marquette, to mm-hmm. the city. So what did you end up going to school for? Film and video. Film and video, okay. So, well, that's going to fit right into what we're, we're talking about here. So when you finished school, what I guess, what brought you back this way? Was it just you finished and you came back home? Yeah. Okay. I- uh, you know, I had to find a job. Sure. Yeah, as, <laughs> as most people do when they finish school. So um, then let's just jump right into really the guts. What we're talking about today is the Sioux, the Sioux Film Festival. So you are the current president of the Sioux Film Festival. Yes, I am. Have you always been involved with the festival from the beginning? Yes. Or, okay. Um, so did you start as the president? No. Uh, our founding president was Taylor Brugman, um, and I'd done a lot of local theater with him. Sure. And he, he had mentioned the festival once. They're like, yeah, that's a good idea. Let's do it. And then, then he came to me and was like, all right, film festival. You in? I'm like, yes. And <laughs> that was 2014. And we, it was like January when he contacted me. And we, uh, we, uh, we put it on in August of that year. Yeah, so that would have been 2014, mm-hmm. correct? Okay. So um, side note to that, um, uh, it's my understanding I was I was going to bring up uh, Taylor because he um, is very instrumental in getting this up off the ground. He has since passed away, yes. correct, from from cancer. So uh, rest in peace to him. Um, but he he played a pivotal role in getting this off of the ground. So it's 2014. You guys decide, okay, let's do a film festival. What was like that next step? How did you get this really like off the ground and running? Because obviously you can't just like snap your fingers and make a film festival happen. What what kind of was what what were the steps that brought you to to bringing this like to fruition? Well, then we had to get films. Okay. So, so we had to get the word out there that we we are a festival. We want to see your films. Sure. So uh, I'm trying to remember because we use now we use a uh, there's a website called Film Freeway. Okay. And filmmakers can upload their film there and then. When they get notified that there's a festival, they can just push a button and submit. Oh, interesting. Um, and I don't remember if we used them the first year, but the first year we had a lot of submissions. Okay. A lot. And um, we had over 450 this year. Wow. So, yeah. So, but we had even more that first year. So, it was, you know, we had to go through all that. And sure. 
see what we what we want to program. Yeah. Now the the theme of of the festival is Great Lakes, great movies. So the majority of the films, or at least it seems like a lot of them, you try to at least have a focus somewhere around Michigan. That's not necessarily the the only qualifying factor. There's movies that have nothing to do with with Michigan, but that that seems to be a focus. Would that be a correct assumption? Yeah, more of the Great Lakes in general, but especially Michigan. Sure. Uh, I don't think a lot of people realize how much production is actually going on, even in Michigan and you know you know the Great Lakes, Chicago. Yeah. There's all kinds of stuff going on, so it's we like being able to show that off sure and and so <clears throat> this is the fifth year that you guys have been doing this and you're holding this at uh, what would be considered a historic theater here mm-hmm. in the sioux um and really it wouldn't be possible without the sioux theater project correct so or even though we've already started talking about the festival, we're going to jump back just a little bit to the Sioux Theater Project. Um, I know that the theater was bought in about 2003, correct? Something like that. Okay. Um, do you have a little bit of knowledge as to kind of the Sioux Theater Project in general and, and what that, that's about that you could? A little bit. Yeah. They're, they're a nonprofit that they, they bought the building that is the Sioux Theater mm-hmm. um, with the aim to renovate and to be a, a focus for arts in the Sault Ste. Marie and the, you know, this end of the UP. Sure. So they, a, a lot of music education, theater, um, they put on several shows through the summer. Excellent. Um, I just think that it's really cool, just the story in that story in general, kind of piggybacking onto what you're doing with the film festival. I mean, the fact that this theater was originally opened in 1930 and it was mostly movies, but there were some vaudeville acts, plays, yeah. concerts, that type of thing. And then in the 70s, it was kind of split into the two theater rooms. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it had shuttered its doors in 1998. Yeah. And so you think, okay, well, if it was bought in 2003, that's, well, there was a five-year window there where, you know, it was just closed. Where now it, there's this resurgence. There's been a, so much work and and the place looks beautiful you know a lot of volunteer hours and time going into fixing this place up to not only hold your film festival but uh as you had alluded to um concerts in in other theater and um classes for kids different you know um projects and camps that they can do um i believe isn't that called stars isn't that the name of that official program the the sioux theater arts resource I forget the S. Studios, Studios, I think. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. Right. So it reminds me a lot of what they've been doing with the Braumart Theater in Iron Mountain. Okay. Um, very similar situation. Growing up when I was a kid, it was split into multiple theaters. You know, you could watch shows there, but it shuttered its doors and it just sat closed downtown for quite a while. And they have slowly but surely been building it back up and fixing the place up and doing theater and concerts and doing a lot of what you guys are doing here. And I think that that's super important. Um, and in your festival plays a big role in that too. I mean, it brings in what I would imagine a lot of people. I, has the, have you seen the attendance get better over these five years or I guess what? Yeah, I have. And we're still, still in the process of, you know, getting the word out cause I'm still hearing, Oh, we have a film festival here. Yeah. It's like, yeah, did you see the poster right there? <laughs> <laughs> that kind of thing. Sure. But and I think um, a lot of communities decided, you know, it was a lot going on. 
so you know you got to cut through the clutter, so to speak, sure, to get to uh, your audience. Yeah. So this year, at least from from looking at the website and the films that are available, this seems to be a a, a pretty ambitious year for the festival. From looking back at some of the prior films. And when I say ambitious, mostly it seemed to me, at least looking, that there was quite a bit of an increase in animated films. I don't know if if maybe that's just my kind of. Uh... I, I probably I don't have the you know, the numbers sure, but um, and that wasn't by design or anything. No, a lot of that's just what gets submitted. Sure, in a given year. Yeah. So okay, um, I did see that there were films from nineteen different countries. Though. Yes. That's unbelievable. I mean, we talked a little bit about, you know, we're focusing on primarily around the Great Lakes, but to have from 19 different countries these films coming in, um, that, that's a pretty big deal. Um, I noticed that you have essentially the film festival broken into, like, different blocks or categories. Mm-hmm. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Uh well, we've always programmed in blocks, but I don't know if we necessarily identified them as such. But this year, we uh, we organized the films in the blocks kind of thematically. Um, not so much the shorts, because we just mixed everything up in there. Sure. I think that, you know, I, I kind of liken that to when you're putting your iPod on shuffle. Yeah. So, you, you know, it's always a surprise what you get. <laughs> Especially if you forget what you put in there. But, uh, you know, like, um, uh, then we got... I'm having trouble connecting to the oh. internet. <laughs> Our, uh, my, uh, what, what would you call that? Not um, Siri, my Alexa. My Alexa decided to kick in and try and talk to us here in the middle of our... Rude. Yeah, I know. Super <laughs> rude. I'm sorry. Continue with what you were I saying. I was going to say that our, our next block that's coming up uh, um, is a couple of documentaries. Um, yeah. And they're, one is about a movie theater in Michigan, and the other one is about a musician who... I'm sure most people wouldn't recognize, but they've seen his name if they've watched television at all in the last 20 years. Sure. Uh, uh, Snuffy Walden, he did the music um, for 30-something, uh, Roseanne. Oh, wow. Okay. So, um, <clears throat> excuse me. So, uh, so the, the, um, the, the documentary about the movie theater, it's called Remember the Alamo, and it's about the uh, Alamo Theater that was in um, Kalamazoo. Yes. It just all of a sudden closed. Okay. And well loved by, you know, filmgoers and and people in the neighborhood. Yeah. And there was some kind of I don't know all the details, um, but there was some kind of d- dispute with the the landlord and then sure. he said, "Man, yeah, we're closing." Wow. But the good news is I've heard since that uh the Alamo Theaters are going to build a theater in Detroit. Oh, wow. Okay. So, so that's that's very interesting. So to they, hear yeah, too. so they have an abandoned Michigan, which is good to hear. That is very good to hear. But um up to snuff is the 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 documentary about Snuffy. He, uh, it's interesting because if it weren't for Michigan, he might not be here like at all. Really? It turns out uh, not only is the film's director from Michigan, the director of photography is from Michigan. Snuffy's wife is from Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> Snuffy's assistant is from Michigan. Sure. And um, some of the people in the uh, Timothy Busfield is one of the uh, the people they talk to, and he's from Michigan. Oh, okay. So very like home centered, I guess yeah. you could say. So yeah, and uh, the director. Uh, you know, corresponding email, and he's telling me how his, his family still has homes here. Sure. So he was very excited to be playing in Michigan. So Yeah. Are there any other... I love documentaries personally. That's like my cup of tea. I really like documentaries. Like, that's typically what I watch on Netflix. I'm, I kind of just work my way through uh, the documentary section. Um, 
what sort of other films are you showcasing this year or that kind of have you excited or ones that you kind of feel are more kind of feature? I, uh, per, my personal taste tend towards more of the genre stuff. So like last sure. night we had a, a block of sci-fi films. Yeah. We had some uh, shorts. Then we had a feature film called Future uh, by some uh, gentleman from the Detroit area. Sure. And uh, then uh, a tradition we've had is uh, our late movie on Fridays that we call the Friday Night Frights. I saw that, and I like horror movies too, so I was almost kind of like, man, I wish I would have made like a weekend out of it or, you know, <laughs> instead of just coming over yeah. for the day. But... Uh, yeah, so we had some shorts with that. And okay. Ac- actually, um, one of the shorts in that is from a filmmaker who's been here before. We actually had uh, eight directors returning this year. That's impressive. Um, yeah. Is that the most you've ever had in, like, one-year return? I think so. Okay. Um, that's that's super interesting to me. Um, yeah, but from, from the way you're kind of talking about or describing some of these movies, um, you really kind of have a, a little something for everyone. Yeah. I mean, I know we're not, you know, I know not everything is going to be liked by everyone, but sure. if you find, like, one thing that you like, come on, check it out. Sure. So, you went to school for, essentially, like you said, film and, and um, that sort of thing. Have you have you found you've always just kind of had an interest in... I have loved movies since I can remember. Okay. I remember, I, uh, I remember when I was a kid, um, we have a county fair here. The, the last week of August and the, through Labor Day weekend. Sure. And as a kid, I always wanted to go to the, the demolition derby. I want to see the car smash up. <laughs> and one year I was finally going to go, and my mom says, well, do you want to go to the demolition derby or do you want to go see Fox and the Hound? Fox and the Hound. <laughs> <laughs> and I believe, to this day, I've not been to the demolition derby. And, and every year I'm like, I should go. Sure. <laughs> but, you know, yeah, so I've I've always, always been... You know, a lot of my earliest film-going memories are in this building. That's really cool. Uh, you know, growing up, I didn't realize that they had split the, the, the auditorium. Right. So when they were taking down the wall, it was just amazing. It's just, it's just huge, huge yeah. room. I, I didn't realize there was a stage in there. And actually, um, I was in the first play that was put on that stage after they took the wall down. What was the play? It was... Um, Something about a time I don't remember the exact title, but it was written by a local guy. It was um, that year was the was it the hundred and fiftieth anniversary of the law? Oh yeah, okay, yep. I think I remember seeing that. Yeah, so it was kind of something about like the history of yeah. So it was this um, you know mad scientist invents this time machine, and it brings people back th- or through for, during the over the course of this. Er- sure. So there was some. Uh, you know, um, some uh, natives that came in you know, around the time sure. Father Marquette was here. I, yeah. I played a, a French priest. I don't think I played Father Marquette, but I, <laughs> so I, you know, I'm wearing the frock and the hat, and I'm you know got a really terrible French accent. Sure. And uh, but you know so like there was a, you know a guy playing a, um, uh, one of the construction workers on the, the locks from way back when. Okay. So, so it, was, it was pretty interesting. I've. It's interesting to me you brought up the point about taking down the wall and seeing how just immense the theater was because I had the exact same experience with the Braumart Theater that we had talked about just a few minutes ago. Um, I had not known it was all one big theater prior to that, just you know, being a kid or whatever, not really understanding the history. And when they did the same thing there and they took down the walls, it was like, whoa, like 
super impressive and just gorgeous, you know, this, this big theater. Um, do you find, so I know you went to school for film and, and that sort of thing. Um, you mentioned you were actually also in the play too. So you kind of do, do you do a little bit of both? Do you like film, like filming, like being behind the lens, but also being in front of the lens or? Yeah. Yeah. I've, um, I've done a few local theater sure. pr- uh, productions and, um, uh, the, uh, Done some short films. I was telling the um, uh, the, the gentleman who made uh, Future that's the Rob and Josh cousin. Sure. I was talking about um, there was a film festival in the Detroit area as part of the the festivities. Would would do a forty eight hour challenge. Are okay. you familiar with that at all? No. What it is is at a certain time, like on a Friday. It's usually seven p.m. That's how they did it. Sure. They would give you uh, a genre, a character a line of dialogue, a prop, and they would give us a location. So you had all these five, and there might have been one or one, one other element. But yeah, they give you these five elements, and usually with like the genre, you would spin a, like a Wheel of Fortune. Oh, wow, okay. So you, you could get sci-fi. The first year we got chick flick, and we're like, great, we, we don't have any women in the past. <laughs> so that, that was another part of the challenge of the 48-hour challenge. But they give you these five elements. Sure. <clears throat> Excuse me. So then you have to craft a film using these five elements. And if you leave one out, then you fail. Wow. So so then you go, okay, i got to make a sci-fi flick about an astronaut who likes rutabagas and he has to say Eureka at some point, that kind of thing. (laughs) So then you have to bend and shape your scripts, and you've got 48 hours to write, shoot, edit, and submit. Wow. By Sunday, 7 p.m., you got to have your film sure. across the finish line or you're out. Yeah. So I was telling you, I would uh, go downstate to the Detroit area with, with, with my friends and we'd do this. And the, the festival ran for five years, and we were the only team that did all five years. Really? Yeah. So the, the last year, they gave us a, a Lifetime Achievement Award, <laughs> which is a lot of fun. It was also interesting because <clears throat> that, that last one we did, we did a lot of callbacks to all the one. Previous year's projects. Sure. So, like, I think it was first or I think it was the second year. One of the locations was the Eastern Market. <clears throat> so then, the last year they also required the Eastern Market. So, in the last year, we had this wide shot. You can see my character from the previous one doing <laughs> the same thing. He's on a cell phone. <laughs> so, you, so yeah, it, it was cool for us to do the callbacks. But you know, if you didn't know, you didn't know. But. Sure. <laughs> so. What sort of genres are are you into with with film, or what which ones do you kind of seem to enjoy most? It, it, obviously, that's so different for everybody. It's very kind of personal. But what what are the types of films that you kind of find yourself most drawn towards? Um, I'm really not too picky. Uh, I mean, you know, I like a lot of the high caliber dramas that sure. you, know, you know Oscar bait. But you know, I uh, um, I backed the the Monos, the Hands of Fate. Um, Kickstarter, okay. Blu-ray. Did you hear about that? No. I don't want to take up too much time, but it was um, there's a, a guy. Uh, I think he was in California. He was a director of photography, and he collects films on you know on on film, the, the reels. Yeah. So somebody had pointed to him to an eBay listing. There was a it was a distributor or a theater had closed, and they just put everything in storage. So he had just reels and reels of stuff. Sure. And they needed to get rid of it. Yeah. But by the time he got to the eBay, because he was traveling at the time, by the time he got to the eBay, thing, it had closed. But he contacted them anyway and said, you know, if you've got anything left, I'll be interested in taking a look at it. 
So it's all still there. Come on down. So they this storage unit opens the door and he's just going through reels and he found um, like one of the the work print for Manos. And I don't know if you've ever seen the movie. No. But it looks like it was shot on mud. Like Mystery Science Theater 3000. Yeah. It was one of their episodes. Like that's where it got famous again. Okay. So it looks like it was shot on mud. It's just terrible. Well, it turns out the film was shot on like uh, Kodachrome film. It, it looked good. Like it was actually shot well, but because people had seen, you know, um, at one point in the life of the film, it had been sold to TV distribution. Sure. So it had been duped from the film to video. Sure. And then it just kept getting duped, so people okay. were just seeing terrible, terrible copies. But yeah. it, you go back to the work print, it's gorgeous. Wow. And uh, so people, he was like, oh, my God, I've got gold here. Sure. So he, uh, he made a deal. Uh, actually, I think the guy just said, you know, 500 bucks, you can take everything. And he, sure. he did. So he had, it turns out he had the work print. And um, I think he had a release print. He had, he had two copies of it. But okay. So he was able to, so then he did the Kickstarter to, to, um, to do a proper rest digitization yeah. restoration sure so a friend of mine pointed me to it and he's like I'm doing it because it's a you know if this happens again we need to encourage people to save these films yeah it's film preservation essentially yeah. is what it is so I yeah I signed up I got, and I got a t-shirt and a button and a, oh, a okay. blu-ray out of it so interesting but yeah so it's my my tastes run rather wide game there's not a whole lot I won't watch I mean sure. I, I do have certain criteria and I don't want to sound like I'm bragging, but I, I, at, the, at this point, like, I can usually tell from the trailer. I, I also read a lot of film news sites, so like, oh, okay. I hear about, sure. you know, when they sign somebody to write the script, by the, you know, by the time I see a trailer, I've already made up my mind. Sure. So I'm, I'm, I like to use the word discerning, but, <laughs> uh, you know, I don't, I don't know. Well, but at the end of the day, really, it's it's a passion. Yeah. And so the the cool thing from that from my side of it is... That you're able to take that passion and beside it just being something that you're passionate about, you know, as far as like watching movies and studying film and knowing film, but you can put it to use and actually help your community around you and give something back to the community with this film festival. Yeah. I just think that that kind of part of it is 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 neat. Um, yeah, there, and there is a big part of it being like, you know, just throw your arm around and be like, check this out. Right? Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> a lot of the stuff, you know, the stuff that we're showing you wouldn't have another opportunity to see. Yeah. And let, you know, up to snuff might end up on Netflix or something. Sure. But a lot of stuff, like, especially the shorts. Yeah. So how many years have you been the, the president for the film festival? This is my first year. Okay. So this is your first year. Yeah. Prior to being the president, how were you, you had mentioned you were had kind of always involved. What yeah, were some the, of the other things that you had done for well, the festival? Previously I was the vice president. Okay. So uh, Taylor did a lot of the heavy lifting as far as, um, the you know, dealing with the the, the filmmakers, and sure. film freeway and all that, and I did a lot of the press releases, um, a lot of the promotions on the you know, social media and whatnot. Sure. So it's a bit of a um, learning curve this year. Like, oh, now I have to do all that. Sure. And one of the conversations I'd always wanted to have with Taylor was like, all right, what are you doing? Because <laughs> he he actually didn't just do the the you know metaf- the uh, metaphorical heavy lifting i mean he literally did heavy lifting when they bought the theater to like back in 2003 to like get this place back into shape and yeah you know taylor, so taylor was the technical director here at the theater 
So, you know, anytime they did a show or had anything going on, like you had to talk to Taylor to make sure everything worked. Sure. And and that was one of the reasons why he wanted to start the film festival because it was another re- way to show off the theater. Absolutely. To get more people in here and to see what's going on. Sure. So, uh, mission going pretty well, I'd say. Yeah, I I would absolutely agree with that. Um, as far as I mean, obviously it it takes more than than one man to to run this whole show. Um, even just walking in, obviously there's a lot of people doing around doing different things. Is it all vol- just volunteer work? Mm-hmm. People, how many volunteers would you say that you have over the course of the festival? Well, uh, the, the programming there's five of us on the board. And three of us uh, are actively um, programming it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other two are a lot of um, support, like um, fundraising and yep. legal advice, that kind of thing. Sure. Um, so it's um, so we're the, like I said, we had over 450 uh, submissions this year. Right. So we had to do our best to get through all of them, and then we got a lot of people. Wait, wait, wait. So you actually go through. You went through all of the. I went just, through the majority of them. What's the majority like? Uh, put can you put a number on how many you watched? Uh, three hundred ish. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> you got to really love movies to be able to sit through three hundred of them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so there's so we go through watch stuff, and we've got other other volunteers that because it's all online, so you can watch the stuff anyway. Sure. In fact. Um, one of my friends, uh, he summers in Romania. He was able to wow. watch some stuff there. Okay. Which, uh, I, um, well, actually, one of our our feature films was from Romania. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. Well, it, I should probably explain that a little bit. Cause somebody, I don't know if anyone's actually wondering. but uh, <laughs> So my friend Rich, uh, who I went to Northern with, made the movies with down the state. Okay. His wife is from Romania. Ah, uh, okay. So... Romania's a little bit more on my radar than the typical person. Sure. <laughs> so uh, so this film, Octave, was um, submitted through Film Freeway, and then they had, they were, um, Film Freeway had sent out an email that, you know, yeah, looks, this, is what, this is what's submitting this week. And I said, oh, Romania, well, watch the trailer. Like, this looks really good. So I invited them to submit, and they did. And very, did. very interesting. It's a cool connection because, like yeah. you said, Romania is probably not on a lot of people's radars. Yeah. But uh, to be able to have a film there that you kind of have at least a little bit of a connection to is certainly interesting. So the festival itself it runs for is it it's five days? Is it that, was five days this year. Five days. Yeah. What about in the past? Has it always been five days? Or? Uh, well, last year was the first year that we um, we also had films at the library. And so we did six days. It was a Tuesday through Sunday, but okay. we opted to go Wednesday through Sunday this year because Tuesday was nine eleven. Yeah, sure. I thought that'd be kind of crass. To... Yeah, that's just kind <laughs> of a somber day. People yeah. probably aren't really going to be out watching movies. Yeah, it's going to be good. It'd be rah rah rah. Come see my movies. Sure. So, so with this being kind of the fifth year of this film festival. Do you see it continuing to grow and evolve? Um, are you at like a place where you're kind of happy with the size of it and the structure? Or do you have further ambitions on where you can take it? I do. Uh, I think our immediate concern is just getting more people to come see it mm-hmm. before we worry about more venues or sure. just making it bigger. Yeah. So, but I, I've got some ideas on things I'd like to do. 
Um, we're out looking at ways to show movies during the off season. Okay. So you might we might not necessarily have a movie that will play at the Sioux Theater, but we can find another place. Sure. Sure. Well, you pretty much have covered everything that I wanted to talk about with this film festival. I'm just super excited to kind of check out and see some of the movies this afternoon. I, I'm, you know, I'm going to sit down and go through a couple of blocks or the film blocks that you have, um, the documentary one, and then I think the next one is um, like romance. Yeah, it's a date night. Or date night. Date yeah, night. We got some, that yeah, that's, yeah, that's a lot of fun. There's a um, got some short films. Um, there's even, there's a button animated one in there. Sure. But the feature is called Han Solo. Okay. And that's H-A-N-H, comma, solo. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, being the Star Wars, they're like, ooh? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it was funny because I saw the, the title when it got sure. submitted. I'm like, oh, clever. Yeah. So I, I watched the trailer, like, oh, this looks pretty good. And it's about this Asian woman in Philadelphia who's, you know, trials and tribulations of uh, dating. Yeah. And uh, I just really like the energy and the script, and it's it's pretty good. Well, I'm I'm looking forward to kind of checking that one out and in really the other films too. Um, it kind of goes back to what you were talking about of seeing some things that I probably wouldn't normally see um, because I kind of have my own acquired taste. So obviously right. I gravitate towards that. So to be able to just kind of sit down and see some films that maybe I might not necessarily have a have a chance to to check out um, is is definitely fun. Um, is there anything else that you wanted to, to kind of add or talk about with with the film festival itself? I mean, um, like I said, we kind of hit on on the things that I really wanted to talk about, but obviously anything else that you wanted to, to kind of bring to the table? Um, I just want to get the word out there that there is a festival, get more people involved. Uh, one of the things we, um, I want to do coming up, um, there was a... Uh, so the Sundance Institute put on a producing seminar in Detroit a few months ago. Okay. And I briefly talked to uh, their, um, their, I don't know if it was actual, their inclusion officer. I don't think that was the exact term, but it's it just um, one of the things that the, the Sundance Institute has is a, um, um, they look for Native American filmmakers. Oh, okay. And we've got um, a couple of local gentlemen who are filmmakers. Um, they had uh, one of their films. Was it last year we showed their film? I think it was. So we're trying to get, you know, they were telling me that the Sundance in, in Michigan is looking for more Native filmmakers because I guess, like, um, they haven't found anybody, like, north of Mount Pleasant. Okay. So trying to, I guess, become the um, local focus point. And I would like to do some outreach into the local tribes. Absolutely. And into the, um, I know out west there's more bands and sure. tribes. To, I guess, um, maybe put on a seminar here or travel, but just to make it, um, or point out um, that, you know, there is a way for you to get your voice and your stories out there. Yeah, there's all there's resources available. Exa- yeah, and... And to show them other Native people, we had a, a film this year um, by a, um, it was shot in the I want to say Saginaw area, sure. Uh, but it was um, a trans Ojibwe person. Okay. And um, he was he's a, uh, a recipient of the, the Sundance Fellowship for this Native Voices thing. Okay. So um, 
it's it's good it's great to see that and just want to make it so that uh, you know a lot of people don't realize that you know, as I hold up my phone you pretty much got a, a film studio in your pocket pretty much so uh, it just it, you know it's one thing to, to to shoot it and get it on video but then get you know get some tips on how to edit sure where to go after you edit it you know who to talk to things that, to look for that's a really interesting um topic i because obviously that's not something that you would necessarily even think of is like well what about like native american filmmakers and there's tribes all the way across the up and mm-hmm. obviously like you said there aren't a whole lot of filmmakers that are are native north of mount pleasant so that that's super interesting especially because i mean as far as i know there's not a ton of filmmakers across the i mean how many how many movies do, that you got submitted i guess were from like you youper filmmakers any idea uh this year i'm not sure um one thing i'd like to do is get more participation from northern digital cinema students absolutely yeah that's uh, been a bit of a frustration trying to get to get them yeah, to submit. especially being an alumni. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I would think that you could probably at least make some connections. There. So that's that's going to be a focus in the coming years, getting more of those kids yeah. over here. There, there's got to be a lot of Uper filmmakers out there. That yeah, that, and that, and that's part of why you know because I imagine there's you know got to be a kid on the Lockview Desire Reservation who's a huge Star Wars fan and wants to do that. Sure, but he doesn't know how. Yeah, and if we can help, I would love that. Sure, or maybe it's a kid from Calumet who. Yeah just has an eye for that sort of thing i mean mm-hmm. you know who knows the the scenarios there are are endless but um yeah i mean the the one that that sticks out to me because i know i saw the dvds for sale again is uh waiting for wig mm-hmm. i mean the, the, the awesome because I, I feel like a lot of the stuff that gets filmed that's around the up is um a lot of documentary stuff and focuses on environmental and mm-hmm. uh, that's all all great but oh, yeah. it'd be nice to see more people putting together projects like waiting for wig and different things like that exactly. stories based on or in upper peninsula yeah. locations yeah. i personally would like to see that are you, are you familiar with how waiting for wig came to be sort of um with my last interview with jeremy he kind of okay. i gotta talk to him too yeah with jeremy simon so he uh he kind of broke it down for me how that kind of came to be with steven and and the whole crew yeah, so Stephen had been in a film that played here, and um, Kyle and Aaron came with him. Sure. So the, the running gag over the weekend was that they're waiting for Wig. Like, yeah. Like he'd be, you know, I imagine he's, you know, got business on the West Coast to take care of. So sure. So it was a lot of phone calls and just, right? yeah, I'll be there in a minute kind of thing. Yeah. So they joked that, oh, hey, we should make a movie yeah. about waiting for so that's where that yeah. and that's and all, that's all it takes yeah is a, is one little idea like that and if you just kind of run with it and see where you can yeah. take it so kyle went back home wrote this script steve liked it and they wrote steve into directing himself <laughs> in a movie about him which i'm not sure how they did but yeah so so then the, then their goal was to then premiere it here the next year sure and in which they did yeah so I'd like to see more of that. Uh, that's just kind of my personal take. Oh, absolutely on, on on it. I'd love to see. I mean, I've done, I've done some shorts here in town. Mm-hmm. Um, many. I'm getting the itch. I need to do another one. Yeah. There's a. I don't want to go into too many details, but because uh, I don't have 
the rights for you. But there's a short story I'd like to do that I would love to do here. Interesting. I, I have seen some stuff on, and I don't know if it's been at the film festival or not, but I know they're kind of doing their own mini tour with the uh, the Northbound yeah. Uh, saga. Yeah, I I've, 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 Yeah, I've watched a handful because their episodes are pretty short. They're, they're all around maybe like somewhere between 8 and 15 minutes long is how they do their episodes. It's kind of a bunch of shorts together, but it... Um, it's pretty impressive. Um, it's based primarily, at least from the scenery that I can recognize, it seems to be around the Iron Mountain Kingsford, Norway okay. uh, area there. Yeah, but, I haven't watched any of it yet, but I am familiar with it. Yeah. So, yeah, I'd, I'd love to be able to arrange a screening for that here, too. Yeah, that the pretty impressive cinematography stuff there. Um, so I need to kind of get caught up because I think there's two seasons. I'm pretty mm-hmm. much through season one, but it's... Uh, Something at least there that's kind of UP based because, like you said, there's got to be people all across the Upper Peninsula that are just as into film, being yeah. both behind the lens and on the other side of it as you are. Um, so, to wrap things up, my final question, which I know you listen to the podcast, <laughs> so you're going to get the same question everybody else does: ketchup or gravy on your pasty? Um, or nothing? I guess it doesn't have to be one or the other. Maybe you have something else that you might put on it. I, I would. I, I like both. both? Not, not at the same time, but I'm <laughs> definitely over the, my life, my my pasty eating career. I would say that ketchup has been the overwhelming <laughs> choice. Okay, yeah, I I feel like it definitely depends on the time, the situation, the pasty. Although, I, you know, if I were you, I'd be eating more Clyde's Burgers than than anything else on my way in. I you know I don't get over this way all that often. I spent time here as a kid, but it was mostly. Um, for hockey, um, okay. my last uh, episode with my good friend Brandon, we talked a lot about the a lot of the towns across the Upper Peninsula. I could tell you how to get to the ice rink, and that's about all I could tell you to you know how to do. So, to be able to come back here now and not just be for hockey and, and finding different places, I had Clyde's for lunch and. Okay, well, I'm going to tell you right now, you're probably getting a lot of feedback on this because one of the big the big debates in town is Clyde's or West Pier. West Pier, okay. Yeah. So. Someone's going to, I'm sure, jump in the comments like, no, you got to go to West Pier. And actually, I would tell you to go to West Pier, too. Well, they're maybe both, maybe on my way years. out of town. There you go. You know, I had, I had, <laughs> I, I can I can settle it once and for all. Since I had Clyde's for lunch, maybe I'll have West Pier yeah, for, for dinner on my way out of town. Yeah, I don't know if it's a, as divisive a question as, you know, American or National Coney. Right. But, uh, <laughs> but there, are, there are definitely ardent supporters of either one. Yeah. They, they will let you know. Yeah. And well, and on the way here, after I went to Clyde's, I passed the Antlers. I remember that place as a kid um, when we'd come here for hockey. Mm-hmm. So there's there's a lot a lot of gems, I would say, around the, around the area. A lot yeah. Of... I, I would, yeah, I would call the Sioux in the area like kind of a hidden gem. I know... That tourism is pretty good, but I think there's still a lot of people that don't know. Sure. Well, first of all, thank you for inviting me over here, getting me out of my comfort zone. (laughs) Um, It's been a pleasure not only interviewing you, but getting to meet you. And as I, you know, alluded to, I'm really looking forward to checking out some of the films. So, excellent. I'm glad you made the trip over. All right. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay, it's time for the takeaways from my chat with Jason. The first is the importance of the arts in our communities. Across the UP, our historic theaters have become a lifeblood for all of the performing arts, especially for youth programs. It's obvious that without these theaters, our communities would be at a severe loss. And it's people like Jason that are stepping up and keeping these theaters alive. 
that's a big deal and a big responsibility. And that leads into my next big takeaway, which is the idea of being involved in your community. Jason and many others across the Upper Peninsula are volunteering their time to something that they're passionate about. For Jason, it's film, and for you, it might be something else. But if you can find something that you have a passion for that also helps your community, I'm encouraging you right now to get out there and volunteer your time. Not only will it give you a sense of accomplishment, but then our communities continue to get better and better. If you're on the fence about it, ask yourself these two questions. If not me, then who? If not now, then when? Chat It Up is a bi-weekly podcast about all things Upper Peninsula of Michigan. If you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and leave me a review. You can also find Chat It Up on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you for listening in. I'm your host, Shooter, reminding you to keep your chin up and your eyes forward.